0: Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Edward Jones. He's currently the Director of Player Development for the Kansas Jayhawks football program. He's married. They have two little daughters. Incredible man of faith. I can't wait for you to hear from him. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Ed. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'd like to start this off with just some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about um, a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, your family mm-hmm. growing up, then a little bit about your family today.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm from Houston, Texas, more specifically Missouri City, Texas, which is a city about 25 minutes southwest of downtown Houston. I grew up in Houston my entire life, um, uh, two-parent household, five brothers and sisters. Um, and then from there, I went to the University of Houston. I didn't want to go. My parents wanted. My parents went there. And so one day, I think in seventh grade, I literally had to map. Closed my eyes and went as far as I could in the United States and it landed on university of Wisconsin. I didn't want to go to Wisconsin cause I didn't like snow. So I went to university of Houston, uh, had an incredible time there after there I was a high school coach for six years, three years at side lakes and then three years at Hightower high school, which is my alma mater. And then from there, uh, while I was at the at Hightower, I was able to be hired, uh, by Tom Herman to, to work, um, at the University of Houston. So from, from one alma mater back to my next alma mater and the exact pathway 10 years um, afterwards. So like from going to Hightower High School as a student to U of H as a, a student from Hightower High School as employed at University of Houston as employee. Was there for three years. Um, first year with Coach Tom Herman, t- last two years with uh, Coach Major al Unfortunately, we were let go after year three with a winning record, which is a little frustrating. But... Uh, landed on my feet here at Kansas, and just the story of getting here to Kansas has been amazing. Uh, I've been married to my wife who we're going on four years. This summer, we have a daughter and a daughter on the way in about three weeks. So, oh wow, uh, I'm very blessed and, and yeah, enjoying my time wow. here in Kansas.
0: How, um, how old is your daughter now?
1: Uh, she's going two and a half.
0: Oh wow, okay, you got a busy house.
1: Yeah, two and a half going on for fourteen. So.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, you said you have one due in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, life's about to really get good. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, uh, a little bit about your family. Did you grow up mm-hmm. in a family of faith? And then at what point did you make that, uh, personal relationship with Jesus?
1: I did grow up in a family of faith. So grew up, um, I've been to church my whole entire life. I don't even remember a Sunday without going to church. So like my friend when' in college, I believe <laughs> I made that choice. It was summer camp. It was in Florida. I want to say it was my sixth grade year where I just kind of figured they did a great, because we've had the, you know, and the church I went to is a little Pentecostal. So you have the brimstone, firing brimstone mm-hmm. messages. And, and it was more like, all right, well, I don't want to go to hell. But I think at this at this camp, my six it was sixth or seventh grade year. I just felt the whole personal like relationship aspect of it, like the aspect of like this is the, a decision I can make. I'm not in in and of myself. I knew at that age that I, I I would do wrong things even though I wanted to do right things, and so I felt that I at that age I knew that uh, knew the message of Christ as a savior, and mm-hmm.
0: um, and I asked him coming to come into my heart and forgiving my sins. And it's been awesome ever since. Very cool. We'll talk a little bit more about faith as we go through. But um, mm-hmm. you gave us already a kind of a snapshot um, of where all you've coached. Why or what was the interest in that calling to be a coach? So what actually,
1: so when I was a student at the University of Houston, I was in marketing So I did sports administration. I thought I wanted to do marketing and everything kind of fell through. There was a graduate assistantship I was supposed to have. It fell through. And I remember just kind of, you know, it was at this place in my life where I just Mm -hmm. wondered what was next. I remember this preacher gave this incredible sermon on like Christ um, as our heavenly father. And I just, it was just amazing. Like just the structure and just hearing it and seeing it and relating it to my life. And like, I remember going up there and I was just bawling and he just told me straight up, he just started like prophesying and was like, you're gonna be a father to many. You're gonna be in a father role to many. You're gonna have the ability to mentor and lead many. And I was kind of like, after I remember going home after that, I'm like, all right, God, what does that mean? I don't have a job, whatever it may be. And I think the next day I talked to my mom and she talked to me about, my, throughout all the college mom could talk to me about being a teacher and a coach or more of a teacher kept telling me to get my teacher uh, my teacher's certificate. And I would talk to some of my old coaches, and they'd be like, hey, man, like I think you would be a good coach. Because when I was a player, I wasn't I wasn't as gifted as everybody else on the field. So I had to know where to be, and I had to know why I needed to be there and why the person behind me needed to be there. I got into it, I think, my senior year with our defensive coordinator because he called a blitz from a cornerback but didn't have the coverage. And I was like, coach, you, you got to call a color coverage because – They'll hit us over the top. He's like, what do you know? You're a nose guard. And then they hit us over the top. So I'd always known, um, no ball. And so as time went on. I was like, you know what? And I just, you know, I started researching. I looked at the impact and I thought about the impact that my teachers and coaches had on me. And so then I started being a long-term sub. I was uh, or a sub and I was a long-term sub. Um, I got the opportunity, one person saw me, and they were like, hey, I got a position. I want you to be in my classroom for the rest of the year. And so mm. started there, and then from there, uh, next summer, they wanted to keep at the elementary level, but I wanted to coach. I know I wanted to coach. I know I wanted to make an impact. So uh, I left, went to a career fair, and, and got hired. So
0: Wow. And you mentioned being at uh, Kansas now. You're the director of player development. Um, mm-hmm. What is exactly a director of player development for a – a uh, Division One football program like Kansas.
1: Yeah. So for for my role here, um, Coach Miles has given me the platform to to develop his players, on his players. Uh, I think during the season we'll have about 115 to 120 guys um, in the locker room, and so he's giving me the platform and the responsibility to develop these young men off the field. Um, I've created a program called Beyond the Field Program, which. Um, uh, builds them up, bring, gives them purpose through personal in this community and, and career development. So it's not only build relationship, and build them up, but I want them to, to, to engage in our community. And after that, I want them to engage into, into their career. And all, the whole purpose of the entire program is to create generational impact. So my whole goal when I talk to recruits or I talk to our players is I want their kids, their grandkids, their great grandkids to say, because my dad was at... University of Kansas. And because coach miles allowed a man named Ed Jones to come there, I'm able to be afforded this opportunity or my life has changed because my dad decided to make these decisions.
0: Mm, that's good. I like that generational, I'm writing that down, generational impact. I like that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's huge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What role does your faith play um, <clears throat> in that? And then have you experienced whether there or even at houston or while you're coaching tower, any resistance to your faith being a part of of your coaching
1: uh the biggest thing in faith is um just the loving aspect of it i think in my position there is a you know football is very you know i play football and there can be a the love and care we all talk about but to actually care about somebody deeply i think there's been a uh, a great opportunity for my faith to be shared that way. One thing I always tell people is like, I never, I, now if a kid asks me, I'm a, I'm going to talk to him, you know, but there's been situations where kids I've had a text message from a player like coach, I want to get, uh, closer connected to God. And I'm like, wait, i never talked to you. We've never had this conversation about God. Like, why are you reaching out to me? And, uh, and to me, it's awesome because they see, um, you know, um, what I'm doing, like how I'm living my life. Um, I've been able to use my faith. I've talked to the FCA. Uh, the, the funny thing here at Kansas is, and I've always been this way. I'm just, you know, my faith, I'm not ashamed of my faith, but I, I'm going to live it out. And then when you want to talk, talk about it. And like, we get to this official visit and Coach Miles looks at me. He's like, all right, yeah, Jones, open this up in prayer. And I'm like, how did he know? <laughs> 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 and so it's like, I mean, we just, we didn't like, I don't know him. You know, it's my first time working for him. He didn't know me. And like all the like, um, the coaches like how do you know and it's fun and it's funny uh, I haven't had much resistance to it because um, they see how it plays into the like my passion for players and their lives I believe is I wanted to parallel God's passion for their life um, and just how he loves them and cares for them and I, I kind of see myself as a tool used by him to help young men um, in our society Um grow and be able to impact others you know uh all i can do is plant seeds i don't know when that 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 eureka moment is going to happen or if it ever will but you know even if it's me just showing kindness like man this guy like one somebody always says coach you literally smile everywhere like you just it was one player who literally he really doesn't talk much i didn't even know he was of faith he just he's 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 awesome he's a good kid does everything right but he just really small for words and we're at this leadership retreat with other student athletes and he's pouring into my life and um in this uh, exercise called the hot seat where you sit in the seat and everybody encourages you. And he's like, coach, when you come in, like there's a difference. Mm. And like one of the seniors, the seniors told me that at the senior game, I'm like, Hey man, you know, like, man, I love being here for you, man. I'm here for you, man. I love seeing you. This season. He said, coach, you literally, when you have been here, you have changed this program. And I'm like, Whoa, like, and so th- that's for me is like I want them to see that so they can say, hey, well, what, what did he do? Well, he always, you know, he was nice to everybody. He said hello to everybody. He greeted everybody. He didn't care where this person came from, their background. He didn't care what people thought about this person, whatever it may be. You know, he always talked. He didn't care if he scored 19 touchdowns or if you never caught a ball in your life. You know, he didn't care if you're, you know, five star recruit or you know, walk on who barely made it. You know, and so. Uh, I just kind of walk around the building and just live faith out, and and I haven't, I haven't, you know, felt, you know, haven't had any resistance everywhere I've been. I've worked for people who aren't faith believers and haven't had any resistance, you know. Currently, work for Coach Miles. We have a lot of coaches on staff who are faith based, and so um, it's been good just to be able to just, you know, live as as I am. I haven't had any resistance. High school, not really either. Um, and I think it's more because. Um, i'm getting done what i'm asked to do um mm-hmm. i learned that from, um i don't know if it's a preacher or a mentor but someone said if you take care of what you, need, what you need to take care of nobody's like they can't say anything because they know that you're going to do the task at hand you know um so and i think that's also biblically you know i i try to live my life is everything that's given to me is given to me through um given to me from uh, authority from God. So I wanna make sure I'm taking care of the tasks that are given to me. And when I take care of that, there's no question about, you know, cause the first thing they'll question is whose agenda are you pushing? And it's like, well, he's taking care of what he's taking care of, like, he's good. We're, we're, I mean, he can do whatever he wants, in a sense.
0: Yeah, no, I see, and that's a good reminder, a good testimony of that. You know what? We don't have to be the one screaming loud. You know, Correct. our actions will, you know, it's like my dad used to tell me, son, your actions speak louder than your words. Right, um, and so that's just a good testimony of just living it out and people people are watching whether we know it or not oh, absolutely. and like you said you're planting seeds and we and we can't control when the seeds take root and grow but it's our right. job to plant but a lot of times right. we will, we want to be in control of it right absolutely yeah. yeah that's a great a great reminder um and a great testimony to just it's always right to do right and just keep, right. keep living it. And, and, and people are watching. That's good. Absolutely. So let me just from your coaching, this is from a pure athletic standpoint, just kind of a fun mm-hmm. question to ask guys, is there an athlete or two that you've coached in any of your stops just really wowed you from an athletic standpoint?
1: <laughs> well, I was at Houston when Ed Oliver was there. And I mean, I've never seen, I was telling one of our coaches, he's the quickest football player I've ever seen. And like, he's like, D-Long, and I said, no, you didn't hear what I said. He's the quickest football player I've ever seen. Wow. Um, He was just, just the way he practiced. That's what I would tell people, like, he showed up in games, but I mean, he used to practice, man. Like, like he was a competitor. Like, I mean, there were drills that we wanted to get him out because we didn't want to get him hurt in practice. He's our best player, you know? Like, he might be possibly the best player in the nation. You know, you don't want to get, man, he would, like, stay in drills because he's like, no, this is competition, it's Defense versus offense. I'm going. I want to win. He just. I mean, I. He was a guy. Every time I went to practice, like you knew he was great, but he would always wow you. Another one was De'Aaron Fox. He played because in high school I had to coach two sports. So I coached basketball, and De'Aaron was on varsity. De'Aaron plays the Sacramento Kings right now. He's the the, the 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 smoothest basketball player I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and I remember watching one game, and I said to him, I was like, man, I don't know what. Um, what it looks like to um, NBA player, but I'm pretty sure he's one. And he got drafted number five in the draft. So seeing two first round guys, just I mean they were they're incredible players. I mean just like they, you know, guys like yeah, man, I want to be a first round pick. And I, I've seen both sports. So I'm like, hey, man, look, you know, I, I I've seen what first round looks like. I actually got to see it too. Baseball field. There was a, a young man he played for opposing high school and. They were saying this kid was a draft pick and all this. And I'm like, what does that look like, you know? Uh, And then he hit a home run. Our football stadium is right next to the baseball field. Well, it's about – it's next to it, but there's about – I would say about 20, 25 to 50 yards before you get to the field. He hit that ball over the concession stand. That was the hardest ball. I mean, it was just like once once his bat hit it, it was gone. And so – That's crazy. I had the fortune of seeing players like that. Yeah. Now, the greatest story ever was my – the greatest story ever was my freshman year of high school when we played Vince Young. It was a wrap. He was a grown man in high school. Like it was, he's grown man in college. I mean, it was, he was literally the best, like, I've never seen anybody. And we had an incredible team, incredible team. And he destroyed us. I mean, it was, I it was just like, man, this, is he a
0: professional? Like,
1: yeah, it was, it was, it was bad.
0: That's, that's crazy, dude. I can't imagine lining up against a guy like that, especially in high school when it's, yeah. yeah. When he's that and much better. He was, and they brought us up, they
1: brought up like nine freshmen. I was one of them because they were like, Hey, these guys are showing promise. You know, you bring them up to playoffs. And so we're all like, I mean, we would get dusted. So we're like, Hey, let's, can we get in? And my, the funniest part about that was like my eventually being in Houston, he was such a like folk hero. So my brother, my little brother was going around <laughs> telling people that I sacked them twice And so these kids were coming to our door and they were knocking and they were like, you said this young twice. I'm like, no, man, I didn't didn't get in the game. (laughs) that just shows you how big he was. Like he was, he was
0: huge in Houston. So that's funny. Hey, good kudos for your little brother, man. He's just trying, he's trying to get famous too. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) That's good. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, this one's a little more on the serious side. Um uh, what about an athlete that you've seen God just use you in their life? You don't have to name names. Is there just a story that yeah. you've really saw God, um, you know it was God through you in their life?
1: Um oh, it's a it was one that was actually on my mind today. I had a former player who my first year at a school, we switched positions and I always I just wondered why the kid like he wasn't getting in and he was a good kid. And when I switched to his position, like he just – he did what um, was asked, and he just – he took care of everything I asked him to do, and he started playing, and I'll never forget, like, one of the – it's probably to this day my favorite coaching um, photo ever, and his his name is uh, DJ McCann. Like, well, it's one of my favorite coaching photos ever. DJ was – he was a great kid, but teaching receivers to block was – that was interesting. And so like, so we were like, and he wanted to do it and 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 it was just like, all right, we gotta figure out a way. And so we worked on things and we're playing this playoff game and uh, we're playing this new school and they, I mean, they have all this juice around. I'm like, man, this game is tired than I thought it was gonna be. So we run a, I think it's a sweep or we probably stretch, stretch, nine stretch. We run into the lot, it was out of trips right or tray right, nine stretch or whatever it may be. Um and DJ makes the block to spring our running back to like a 67 yard touchdown. And like literally right when the running back broke, like literally when we were running stretch, I'm literally looking over like, Oh man, DJ, please make this block. Please make this block. Cause the safety <laughs> safety was middle of the field and we knew he couldn't run with our guy. Cause the running back was one of the most talented guys. I mean, he was fast, fast. And so I'm looking and as he's, you know, he gets the C gap I'm looking and I see him seal the block and I see him get inside of the, you know, receiver and turn them to the sidelines and the running back goes, I'm just like, I'm like headset. So there's like this picture of me and him like in the air. I was so and like the smile on his face. Uh, he's one story that I just really got to know him. And it was a time where he, you know, he was, and he, he was talented. It was just, you know, just wanting to get on the field and, and he did everything um, possibly to get on the field. Um, as far as personal life, um, there are some kids, uh, was able to help through some things as I held FCA when I was in uh, high school and just seeing guys. Um, I mean, there's so many stories. I, I don't – DJ would probably be the biggest one that I just, like just – and that was just on my mind earlier this morning. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, seeing seeing guys. It's still a continuing story, you know, even the current player who's reaching out and saying, hey, you know, let's help me get connected. So um, there's a lot of stories that I actually need to sit down and, and reminisce that you bring that up.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet there's probably, you know, I asked that question to a lot of coaches and, you know, the common response is I'm not going to share one or two because there's so many um, that right. I know that God allowed me to be a part of their life. And so they have a hard time going, you know, every now and then there's one, it's just a, a, a wow right. story. But yeah, right. I, I like to ask that because um, a lot of times we, as sports fans, quote unquote, we want to know about the Vince Youngs, you know, the super athlete, but there's guys on the team that, you know, if it wasn't for you, maybe not would have put forth that, that effort or you know made some right choices. So yeah, that's, um, it just, uh, just a reminder of the role and the power of a coach. Right. What would you say? I I know he's still a young career, but what would you say is your greatest accomplishment career wise? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say
1: <laughs> going back to my alma mater. Um, so I always, like, I would tell my dad growing up, like, I always was the guy who get on Madden and, and, like, take the team. That's like, I wouldn't pick, like, you know, when the 49ers were rolling, I wouldn't pick the 49ers because they had Ricky Waters and all that. Or I wouldn't mm-hmm. pick, pick the Patriots. I always picked, like, a program that, uh, and even in college, what I was growing, so had an opportunity after three years of high school coach, go back to my alma mater and they had just, they were the year before they were fresh off the state championship state final um, appearance. And then the next year they missed, they missed the playoffs. And so having that opportunity to go back to my alma mater and get us back rolling, we won three straight district championships. And we were able to help, I think around 45 to 50 kids get college scholarships um, and play football at the next level. So that for me was that's huge because I was able to go back into my into my um hometown back into my alma mater and create an impact and so that that as of right now is probably the biggest and the 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 greatest thing I've done so far is is having an opportunity to go back where I'm from back with kids that you know look like me and, and 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 playing in the same jersey or in field house or stadium that I played in
0: and helping their lot any Any pressure you feel um or did you feel going back to the alma mater yeah uh, yes sir absolutely it was <laughs>
1: it was tough because it was like it was good, but you're like, all right, what if we don't meet these standards you know, and it was more for myself, the standards that were in place when I was there. we had a great incredible coaching staff I think from my freshman year, nine of those coaches, six or nine of them or became head coaches at some point one's a d right now, another one I believe is a d think one's a principal like it's just you know, wow. and so we had they held to these, these standards and just trying to recreate that, you know, can you get it done? You know, and it's just that's always tough because uh, just even thinking about that, like I know when I was at Houston, that 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 position came open and a lot of people were like, hey, man, you, you want to be the head coach at your old school? And I'm like, I, and for first, I didn't feel like God was leaving me there. I felt I feel really I feel really at home where I'm at. And then the other part the biggest part was like, man, like. Like, what if you don't, if you go back home and you don't meet expectations? Like, it was the easiest position, coach, because you're just like, right. This you go, but like, to take the whole entire program and say, hey, and everybody look and say, hey, he's one of our guys. Let's do it. I just, I, I, there was pressure in that aspect. So,
0: yes. Yeah. So, I'm going to kind of flip that over a little bit. Uh, what would you say is the greatest, um, I don't want to use the word disappointment, challenge so far in your career? Um,
1: it, so the hardest part is at the end of the day, we're in football and we're still in the business of winning. Um, when I was when I went back to my high school, we went to, we, even though we won three uh, district championships, we only won uh, one playoff game, you know. And when I was in school, we had won about eight. Um, and even my senior year, we didn't win a playoff game because we ran into uh, a powerhouse program out there in Houston. And so you add that with being a coach, and you just kind of felt there was that that like, man, like I'm I'm letting like how can we not win? And then on the college level, I've been to three bowl games, and we haven't won one yet. And so um, just that that part, like postseason play, um, is tough. Being one and seven, yeah, one and seven, I want to say one and seven or one and six, and postseason play that that's been disappointing. Um. Because, I, I, you know, everybody wants to win and just, you know, I just more for the kids, you know. So, yeah, no, that's that has, that for has sure. been that has been, uh, that has been disappointing for sure.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So your current role um, working mm-hmm. at a Big 12 Division One school is mm-hmm. very demanding, right? So Absolutely. how do you balance <laughs> that with being a husband and a dad?
1: so one thing i will say this the, the the current situation has really helped me see how i can balance it um one of the biggest things i did when i was a husband because there's a transition with your husband and then that transition with your husband and your father, <laughs> of a father because right um one of the biggest things i do is i try and get everything done as early as i'm an early riser so what i'll do is i'll get up and i'll head out by our guys, and you know during the off season they're working out about o'clock in the morning. So I'll try and either get one in before they work out or right afterwards. So I take care of working out during the day. And the earlier I get there, the earlier I get to my desk. And there's some time where it's like, all right, I'll, and I think okay, my wife, hey, this is going to be a long night. Or this is a late night. I have to get this done. Or we have this event or whatever it may be. And so we're, we're in the process of figuring out what it is, the seasons of football. And so... The, the the course of regular season is tough. I mean, we, we probably we get off the field and practice uh, in the evening, and then you know, I stay around a bit during dinner just to kind of talk to guys and see guys. You get to you know kind of read their body language, or maybe some guys need to talk to me afterwards. Um, and then you know, uh, one thing that was really really cool with the bowl season, um, every time we were at Houston, was having an opportunity to travel with my wife and you know enjoy another city. Um, and then now that we have a kid, it's it's um, you know the part is just the part that's tough is that you leave early when she's asleep, and then the days where you you know when I'm I have to get stuff done late at night, um, we you know not seeing her, you know the whole thing, like oh wait of course she's breathing, but like actually like daddy or mm-hmm. you know it's tough too because we want to put her to bed at a certain time, and here I am world in thirty minutes before she goes to bed, and she gets this energy, and now she's up for another hour. Or so it's been tough. And then, then also aspect of a, I, have a, I have a commute here because my wife is from the area, and so we're closer to her family. And so that's such a, a challenge that we, we we get better at. But it's it's all about scheduling and being consistent. Um, one thing I've learned is how to say no uh, mm. to things like you know, because when I first started in, in college, I was I was we were engaged, but she was back here home and I had all my time. So I could stay after and talk to, co- you know how it is, you know, just talk to coaches after practice or get this done with this play, or I had time to get things done. Um, and then now transitioning to where it's like, you know, you know, I, I got to go guys. I can't be around here all day. Like my family's been number one. And thankfully my wife understands my job. I think her family is like, even my mom to this day, it, it, it's so frustrating to talk to my mom and she's like, you just now get home. And I'm like, mom, I've been working for over a decade at sports, you know, <laughs> like I don't get home. Um, and her family understanding like, wait, he's really gone this much, you know? Um, and so that's been tough, but we, we, we're we still navigating it and we'll navigate it differently now that we have two kids. And um, But it's been fun. I will say that and just gonna watch movies together and getting to see my daughter just grow and just being able to help with stuff around the house. Like right now, I'm just getting stuff prepared <clears throat> as much as possible. So when the baby comes, you don't have to worry about moving stuff and getting things done. Yeah. So do you, during the season, do you travel with the team? I do. I do. And so that looks like, and so those days I'll try and take my daughter to school on those Friday mornings. Um, especially if we, it's all according to when we leave, if we play a a night game, we leave a little later in the day. And so I'll take Mm -hmm. my daughter to school Friday morning and I'll leave her car seat there. Um, because I know I won't see her all Friday and honestly probably most Saturday according to when we get in and some cases, you know, mid Sunday. So, um, so yeah, I do travel with the team.
0: Well, I can't imagine Uh, that would be hard to balance um, because, you know, the first responsibility is being a husband and a dad, but also in that career field. I mean, you got to, you got to figure out the right right time to, to step away versus pushing through. Um, I would say this.
1: There's a uh, one and uh, one thing my wife's done is there's uh, coaches' wives. A lot of coaches' wives have resources and books, and so she's been reading that and she's been understanding. I've been telling people who want to get in sports, want to get a coach in, and think about getting married or dating. I'm like, you better make sure that person understands because you know if they don't, if you aren't telling them the truth, if you are trying to sugarcoat it, it's not going to be good for you, man. Mm -hmm. And it just won't. So
0: yeah, I've talked to. a lot of guys in coaching and that's the one thing they say, um, it's very consistent is if your wife is not a part of it, then you better get out. Right. You know, because, absolutely. because it truly is, it's, it's, it's a calling, you know, it's more than a job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so if, yeah, if you're doing it just cause you like sports and want a paycheck, then yeah. Look out. Yeah. Or, look out. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, um, a question about the role of sports. So our culture is uh, very divided, and we're, we won't get into politics, mm-hmm. but um, right. it is divided. Whether it is religion, politics, race, socioeconomic, you mean you name right. it. But but sports, football in particular, just has this unique ability to kind of tear down those walls. So mm-hmm. your experience and your you know various roles, how have you seen sp- football tear down those walls?
1: Um, it's one of the deals we talk about with our guys, because one thing I talk to our guys about, and especially when we talk about career development, is the transferable skills and the skills they learn as a player that they can take in the workforce. One of the biggest skills that they can take that companies are spending so much money talking about, and, and it's just a hot topic as of now, as people as more opportunities are open, is diversity and so we tell our guys one of the biggest transferable skills you gonna get out of this experience is working in diversity because it doesn't matter whoever's sitting next to you or whoever's in the huddle it doesn't matter where he's from what he believes what he does on a weekend uh what what his worship style is what you know what music he listens to like you have to work with him to get this done y'all have to be in unity under one plan to to achieve the goal and so i've seen it to where you know I've had really good conversations, and even myself being in the role that I am, a lot of people like. I think moving here to the Midwest, you know, there's some some of our players may have never had, you know, outside of a outside of a football coach have a black male in some role of leadership, and so I don't take that lightly. And this, I've had great conversations, and and just seeing those guys get to know each other, I think it comes down because it all starts when a freshman come in, and a freshman come in from their experiences, and they realize, hey, okay even though it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if he lives in a gated community or if he lives in public housing, whatever, like you guys, everybody has to work together. And football does it in so many ways. Every single day they're around each other. Every single day they have to, they lift weights together. He's my partner and I have to trust him. Uh, mm-hmm. Practice, I have to trust him. Academics, I have to trust him academically because if you don't get it done, he won't be on the field, you know? And so I think, um, I think that, that's a big deal on football and i think football is because there's a lot of sports where you can you know if you got a dude you can kind of make it off that dude by himself you know um you know let's say for instance I, and I, I coach i don't really know baseball too much but if you got a pitcher and he can pitch pitch his tail off like you're gonna be all right you know what i'm saying you got to have mm-hmm. some you know other pieces you know basketball player if you got a point guard or a guy that's just that can carry the team you can do that football that's tough it's tough for one person to carry the team that's right I don't care how talented you are I mean it's just a different sport where everybody has to do their job and in doing their job I have to communicate so in communicating I have to realize how and that's another skill that they learn in communication because I have to communicate with you in a way that you understand you know and then for me to do that I have to, I have to spend time with you I have to spend time with you and understand what gets you, what, you know, what, what gets you going, whatever it may be. Um, And so that, that's why I love football because, you know, for that moment when they're on the field, when they're in a locker room, like it becomes, well, one one thing I always love seeing is it becomes, okay, I have to tolerate you because you're my teammate. And then it grows into like, man, you're my brother until like, no, we're lifelong friends like you're my guy and so we have like i see it every day we got some of the like some of our guys like some of our close relationships you look at these guys you say those two would not be with each other if it hadn't been for football like that guy and that guy who call each other out are always on top of each other compete with each other make sure the other one's there gives them rides all this stuff they literally would not um work together outside of the sport of football ever and so that that's what I enjoy.
0: Yeah, it's true. I and mean, to me, um, I've said this a, a hundred times on here, but to me, that's a beautiful picture of how God designed the church. Big C, right? Um, and it, even inside the church, we don't we don't get that a lot, right? You know, right. we everybody's kind of trying to do their do their own thing, and you know, I don't like this or I don't like that. But if we right. approach it the way many in the football locker room approach it, we could. We can make a heck of a difference in this in this culture with that mindset.
1: And, and that's one thing I've, I really, really appreciate the church I had in Houston and the church we go to now. is just that aspect of, like, yeah, you can go in and get what you want out of church. You know, I think, and our pastor said it in a way, I was like, man, like, I never thought about that. He talked about fans, right? But he said something in the aspect of, of like, um, fans, right? They always talk about all oh, these fans come together. And they joined together to cheer the team. And he said, that's not relational. They're all cheering. They're getting what they want to get out of it. And then they're gone. And he compared it to the church, like, hey, yeah, we, we, we're we worshiping, like, awesome. But you're going to get out of what you want to get out of the messaging and go. But we need to, you know, really live life together. And and one way that he's, he's done it, in my other churches, we talked about issues that people, like, you have to address certain issues because, um, you know, um, and it's been awesome. It's been awesome because I've seen people who literally have their eyes open And then conversations grow. And then you grow closer to people because of that. And that's what a locker room is like. You have to talk about stuff. You have to talk about stuff in a locker room. Man, you know, I don't think that coach likes me. Well, I don't think he doesn't like you. I think that if you do this, it'd be better. Or, you know, how do you know this coverage? Like I have to talk to you about what we're all knowing. I can't just go and say, okay, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to learn this play and I'm out. And so like you said, I would love and I'm glad that I go to a church and went to a church with that model like, no, 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 We have to all work together to engage our community and make this better.
0: That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's good. Very good. So you talked about earlier about living out your faith um, mm-hmm. and, and we know that athletics is a platform. So what would you say to that student athlete or a coach that's listening that is a follower of Christ, but mm-hmm. wants to use the platform to be a little more bold in their faith? How would you encourage them to do that?
1: I think, um, one thing, uh, I, I, I would tell a conference and this pastor said this, and I'm like, wow. And he said, as athletes and and even working in athletics, We should be the hard, because we follow Jesus Christ, we should be the hardest working individuals in that organization. If it be a player or as a employee and people say, why are you like this? Why? And then you say that. I think we have to do that. One thing I do is like I tell people straight up, like people ask me, like, how did I get to Kansas? And I tell them, I'll say, hey, now this is a story. It's a faith based story. I'm about to tell you. So I'm giving you a heads up. But we're about to talk about it. You know, where like the other day, like I had the 30 foot, I know I tweeted out the 30 for 30 deal. Somebody asked me like, how did I come over that?" I was like, literally, I was praying and God said it. Like, why don't you do 30 for 30? And like, have those opportunities, what I always do is when you ask me a question, because you ask, I can answer it however you want to. And so uh, that's what I've done. And I think also like situations, sometimes you just got to come out and say it. Like, I think one thing that um, for me in my role, I think there are some things that, <clears throat> there's some giftings if you read, you know, I can't remember if it was Paul, but in the early church he talked about some of the giftings. And one of them was encouragement. You know, I think it's just just encouraging people. Like, hey man, that you guys did a really good job with that. Like that is a that is a that is, that's in the Bible. That's a that's a gift of the spirit, you know, encouragement or, you know, whatever it may be, just things like that, just loving people. Those are, I think. And I know for me, I would get caught up in like, man, did I, did I tweet out a Bible verse or do I know a Bible verse for this person? And the action is no, go talk to that person, you know, go, go say hello to that person, you know, tell that person, they've done a good job, tell them that they're going to be all right. Encourage them, whatever it may be. Um, those are ways. And then, you know, there are moments where you have to put your foot down and say, you know, what? I, I'm not going to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I had to done, do that in my career. Like I, my why, or, you know, whatever it may be, I've had open conversations with, with players about lifestyle things that I chose to do, and I t- I was able to tell them why because they asked. Well, I did it this way. Well, I, I didn't really do that. Well, why did you do that, Coach? Well, this is what I felt. I felt like I have this relationship, and in this relationship, I feel like this is a value, and so, you know. And so, uh, those are opportunities, um, I would say, um, for those be, uh, concise, um, to be concise, is to act out. What you feel like, or what you, how you feel like Christ will act in your situation, um, to be prepared. That's the biggest thing. You got to be prepared. Those moments come. They might, you know, you never know when that moment's gonna come. You know, where that, you know, I've had a coach come in my office, close the door, and be like, "Man, I need you to pray for." Me. And like, you know, like, how does he know? You know, and I can't. You know, I gotta. All right, cool, let's go. Well, you need pray for. Let's go. Boom. All right. Boom. Or I went into coaches' offices, and I, there's a lot with relationship too. And I said, "Hey, Coach, uh, I want to pray for you. Do you mind if I pray for you right now?" I've done that, you know, and just, you know. But it, it goes back to relationship and engaging people and being like Christ. It's one thing. And the more the older and older I get, the more I read about Christ. Is he was engaging the population <laughs> like as much as they knew who he was, he knew who they were. Like you, he was out there. He was, you know, living life, getting to know people. And so,
0: Jessica, I like that about encouraging people because it's so easy for us to see the negative correct in every situation, you know, and so finding that opportunity to encourage somebody, um, is powerful. And I like what you said about, right. you know, it's, it's cool to tweet out Bible verses. I do it from time to time. And I think it's, it can be an encouragement, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. don't let that, don't let that replace that personal contact, that phone call or that personal visit to somebody. Right. We're right. That's 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 good stuff there, because that's that's easy to get caught up in. Um, well, if I I'm encouraging more people, if I put it on social media and I'm withdrawing from that personal interaction.
1: I mean, I've had moments where I felt like I was out of place talking to coordinators after games and maybe when our outcome and being like, hey, man, we, we, we believe in you. We're going to be all right, man. It's one game, you know, and just having that faith to, to speak that, you know, because you mm-hmm. just never know what you know what situation somebody's in you know
0: oh absolutely yeah that's good that's a that's a great reminder so let me ask you um a lot of people have a favorite bible verse so i was going to ask if you had Mm -hmm. one or is there one that maybe god has shown you recently that you'd share (laughs) uh
1: actually uh it's proverbs 3 Four, wait, five and six. Trust in mm-hmm. trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your past. That literally got re, re showed me that um the other night. I just wanted to have I just wanted to share a Bible verse with my family. And I was like, I, I really want to share a Bible verse, you know, what, what would not only impact our lives where we wanna go and where we've been, but even in this moment, and it was that. And um it was just a great reminder of where he's like. You know, I and I know my two year old wouldn't listen to me the other night, but I was like, "Let me tell you how faithful God's been in your dad's life while we are here." You know, Mm. Um, and so I was able to speak and just even having that story time. That once again, I don't know if she was (laughs) listening or she probably didn't care, but just to to address that because I look at I look at you know when you look at the our pastor was talking about. We look at the the. The nation of Israel, they would always talk about where God took them from, you know, and it's just like, how many times do I speak about that with my wife or with my kids? With my kids are like, this is where I was at, you know, and I mean, the story coming to Kansas is just, it's just an incredible story of faith. So that's one of my verses, like to literally trust in the Lord and not lean on my understanding. I don't know, like, because I can't figure it out. So
0: that's good. I haven't um, thought about that um, when you're reading that verse really haven't processed it that way is also an opportunity to think back of mm-hmm. God's faithfulness. That's good. Cause I think that's very healthy and, and missing. I know I neglect that a lot. Oh yeah. You know, I don't always look back enough and go, wow, look, look where you've brought, where you brought me, where you have brought our family. Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just, I mean, for me, it was, you know, four years ago, Five years ago, this time I was <laughs> lesson plans and and, and handling this stuff, and now I'm working for you know Hall of Fame coach, you know who doesn't who didn't know me before he hired me. So it's you know it's a lot um, that God has done for us.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Obviously, He's got you there for for a big purpose too. So that's good. So this last question: um, two words in sports. I mean, it's all over: chin straps, wristbands, t-shirts, all in. I mean, it's just, it's out there a lot, but it's also in the Bible. Um, right. You know, Jesus says, if you're going to follow him, you have to deny yourself. So right. we know, you know, it, it, we know what it means, but what does that look like for you Ed, in a practical sense to be all in your walk with Christ?
1: Um, for me, and it's, <laughs> uh, it's really being led by him in my role. Um, there's a lot I want to do. And there are moments I'm like, all right, I'll start my day off like, boom, I'm here. I got my workout in, I'm in my desk at 6.30. This is everything I'm gonna get done. And I get interrupted, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's a call, a text, whatever it may be. Um, So many times, like I've had moments where I've been like on the drive home, I have about a 35 minute drive home. So I get a lot of mind processing time, which I enjoy before I get inside the house. I'm like, God, like, am I ever going to get done what I need to get done? And it just, a reminder for me is like, God's like, I'm the one who, who provide, I'm the one who's brought you. You didn't get here because of everything you've done. You got here by my hand. Now, did I, were there things I did do? I mean, we all have to work. We understand that. Um, But God's placed me where he wanted to place me. He's put me in favorable positions because of his hand. He's, you know, I mean, there's things that happen. I'm like, how did that happen? How did that person know? Like, how does that person even know who I am? You know, whatever it may be. And so all in for me is that reminder of like at work, like I'm there, like God using me for whatever it is. Like I might be like, man, I need to get this done. I want to get this done. I really want to reach out to this person about this internship. But it's just a reminder to me, like if that person needs me, if one of my players needs me or, you know, I have to, I'm here for them. And so for me, it's, it's just a reminder of all in for me is a reminder of why God placed me where he placed me. And am I doing the things that would give him glory in the position that he placed me in?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. That's good. Just to always remember um, why God mm-hmm. has you there and let that be the focus not my to-do list. But like you said, I mean, we are to be the hardest working people. Correct. But also understand that he's got us there and that needs to be the focus. Absolutely. Good deal, man. Hey, that's good stuff. I appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. Thank you. So great to finally get it done. (laughs) Yes, right. Thank you again to Edward for sharing your story. Encouraging me and encouraging those listening to always trust God and remember that God is faithful no matter what. God's faithfulness never changes. And just remembering that His plan is greater than our plan, that God is the great provider. And to you know, start each day with asking God to use us each day. Less focus on the to-do list, more focus on starting our day Asking God to use us. Thank you again to Edward. Um, Thank you for listening. I pray you'd um, share this episode with somebody, a family member or a friend. I'd ask you to go check out our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Type in All In Sports Outreach. Send us a message. Find out who we are, why we do what we do. Opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, and to give. Thank you for listening. We, we love the fact that you took time to listen. I just hope and pray that this encourages you. and If this is your f- first-time listener, I, I hope that you would hit the subscribe button because there's over 130 previous episodes that will encourage you just like this one, and there's so many more coming. So hit that subscribe button. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for encouraging us.